Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You know what they say as we're listening to you-know-who. Happy wife, happy life. And Russell Wilson is not apparently very happy right now with the Seattle Wait, what was Seahawks. That? There's an old cliche. Happy wife, happy life. Happy life. Coming from the one single so, guy in the show. So, in other words, <clears throat> let, me, let me make sure I'm getting this right. His wife ain't happy. So, therefore, he ain't going to be happy. Interesting. I wonder why she's not happy, though. Any thoughts? Maybe because her husband isn't playing as well as they thought. Uh, Maybe because other quarterbacks are doing well and she wants her husband to do well. So, therefore, she may be nudging him a little bit to step up and go tell the team that, hey, you know, that conversation, Jay, hey, babe. Do you think that you could tell them to get you some protection and get you another receiver and maybe a new offensive coordinator? Because I want to celebrate too. Maybe that's the conversation. Yeah, all I'm saying, Zubin, is look, things have changed for Russ over the last year or so. I mean, being on the covers of magazines, uh, they are a power couple, and power couples move differently. And when you've been sacked as many times as Russell Wilson has been, uh, this seems like this is a power control type of scenario where Russ wants to assert his power. And the question is, will the Seattle Seahawks acquiesce? Yes. That's the question. On the other side, too, there has been some accountability questions Ooh. from the Seahawks. Remember, when he signed that rookie deal, he was a third-round pick. He was accounting for less than 1% of the cap. Then you sign a couple monster deals, you're 15% of the cap, and clearly you've earned those opportunities and all yes. of that money. So from a power couple to a power play, uh-huh. one of the four destinations that Russ would look at, he's not demanding to be traded. His agent wanted to make that clear. But the Cowboys But he gave thinks, you four teams that yes. he would want to be traded to. Adam Schefter did say. I don't even, Dallas, I don't even Orleans, understand that, though, Zubin. Las Vegas, Chicago. Right? You don't want to be traded, but your agent is telling the world, the four teams, that you want to be traded to. I don't get it. So if there were to be a trade, Dallas is in the mix, as I mentioned, one of the four. Obviously, they have a quarterback that's looking for big money, too, that could be signed and moved. Dak for Wilson. It's something Key has speculated on, but it can't be straight up like that. Key will get into his thoughts in just a minute. They have clearly paid Russell Wilson, and he deserves every penny of what he's been paid for the performance he has. But on the other side, if you're going to get Dak back in return up in the Pacific Northwest, you're going to have to give him a ton of money, and he's been waiting for it. Our ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky, spent a dozen years playing in the NFL, said, look, I'm not speaking for Dan here. You can pay Russ all the money you want, but just be careful before you back up the Brinks truck to Dak's place. Don't pay good players great player money. Do not pay good players great player money. Dak Prescott is a good player. If the Cowboys pay him $40 million a year, it would be a grave mistake. They need to look at a situation like the Rams or like the Philadelphia Eagles and go, "Uh uh-oh, can we learn from maybe paying a guy too much money, so to speak? And how can they not become those two teams in two years from now? Dak Prescott deserves good player money, but the Cowboys, I actually think, have been smart about this. They've managed this where they have wiggle room. One, I've never badmouthed Dak Prescott. I've literally said since day one, he's a good player. That's not badmouthing the guy. I've said he's a remarkable dude, 
Everything I hear about him is he's a great leader. But my job is to be as honest as what my eyes tell me to be. He's not great. He's not elite. No, he's good. I, I, I just can't with Dan. I can't with Dan. I, I just, Dan, Dan be going, Dan go over the cliff, man. He go way too far. First of all, how, what's, first the of all what's the difference between Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott in your opinion? How far are they off from talent? Same to me. I don't. Mm. Same to me. I don't. I other than the guys going to two Super Bowls that had an elite coaching staff and elite defenses in the right situation at the right time. That's the only difference to me. Because I, mean, I feel I, like they're the same, but people on Twitter try to say, "Oh, are you talking about Russell Wilson's exponentially better than Dak Prescott?" I'm like, I, man, people, I don't pe- know about people that. People look at statistics and they look at the Dallas Cowboys and they losing record and all of those sort of things. But back to Dan Orlovsky for a minute. First of all, I'm not discussing another man's money and what a team should pay another man. He's done everything that he needed to do to hit pay dirt. Whatever number they come to, 40 million, 45 million, 37 million, 38 million, whatever he and the Dallas Cowboys decide to do, I'm happy for him. So I'm not talking about his money. I don't I don't get into that. As far as him being good versus great, he ain't finished yet. Okay? That's just what it is. He's not finished yet. He's got a long ways to go in his damn career. Okay, so when you start trying to talk about great players versus good players and you don't pay good players great money, they're going to give him what he deserves. So that doesn't matter. Is, can Dak Prescott lead a team to a Super Bowl? Absolutely. He's shown that. He can play at a high level. He needs to continue to get better. He needs to stay healthy. Things have not aligned for him Every time you look up, they had to go out and get Amari Cooper because the offense receivers were not doing what they were supposed to do. All of a sudden, he became one of the best players on third down delivering the football when they acquired Amari Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott finally showed up. They started playing well. Then the offensive line breaks down. So defense is bad. So you start looking at all of those sort of things. It's not solely on the quarterback in Dak Prescott. Because here's what I would say. When you look at other quarterbacks around the league, let's be fair. It ain't all Matthew Stafford's fault in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But you don't, Matthew Stafford is being paid great quarterback money at the time that he signed his extension. Preach. But all of a sudden, and he ain't winning in Detroit, but he's in the MVP race early on now that he's in L.A. with a better team. So if you put Dak Prescott around a better team in Dallas and a better head coach, which hopefully Mike McCarthy will do better this year, along with Gus Bradley as a defense, not Gus Bradley, um, uh, the defense court, the guy that came from Atlanta, whatever, the, the head coach, Dan Quinn, Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn, they coach together in Seattle. I get them mixed up all the time. Um, now he's a new defensive coordinator in Dallas. So the team should be better on the defensive side of the ball. Second year round, Mike McCarthy should be better on offense. The quarterback, if he's healthy, should be better. He started off playing well before he got hurt. So I don't want to hear this, he doesn't deserve money stuff, and he's not elite, and he – Yeah, I, come on, man, stop. I can't, I can't, I can't that ain't nothing but some Carson Wentz hate. That's all that is. You, you're trying to justify – Dan's trying to justify in doubling down on Carson Wentz versus that Prescott. It's been going on for, for years now. 
I really want to bring Dan on the show because I, I, I think and he I should love be able Dan, to defend sh- his position. I got to straighten him out. I, I'm with you. I, I just, you know, come back to this Russell Wilson trade. I'm not giving up Dak Prescott in a 1A for Russell Wilson. Like, I'm not. Like, it's too steep of a price. And I don't, you know, for people that want to make that trade or make it become realistic, you know, if, if I'm Dallas, I'm not calling the Seahawks and be like, how do I make this deal work? Because if you're a Seahawks, you're going to want to extract a lot of value. And I'm not giving up that value when I deem my quarterback to be on equal standings as Russell Wilson, Key. I'm not doing it. Well, anytime a team is calling me as a general manager to a You have leverage players, right away. Boom. I'm going to try to get what I can get. But, but when I say that they are essentially the same, for what – you got to remember, though, what is it that Seattle is trying to accomplish – other than winning a Super Bowl. From an offensive standpoint, they want to run the football, they want explosive plays, and they want to play defense. You can get that from a number of quarterbacks in the National Football League. Hand the ball off, and every now and then, hit a guy on an explosive play. There's a number of quarterbacks that can do that. There's a number of them. We just saw a 40-plus-year-old win a Super Bowl for the seventh time Doing that, and he was a Super Bowl MVP. They ran the ball with Fournette and Jones and played defense, and every now and then he hit them on an explosive play and won the Super Bowl. That's what Seattle wants to do. So, yes, if they can acquire Dak Prescott and it makes sense and Dallas is willing to part with that, then I'm willing to give you Russell Wilson. Makes total sense. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. On the way, it's something that Key sort of mentioned. You can't be a little bit pregnant here if you're either in or out on Russell Wilson. So the question is, if he's not demanding a trade, then why did he float the four teams he would go to? <laughs> we'll ask our NFL insider about that conundrum next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. A lot of people are saying a lot of things, but we got to clear the clutter here. This is an incredible story. Remember the day after the Super Bowl when Russ made those comments and said, you know, am I in the market? Now you got to ask the Seahawks and everybody thought it was trivial and funny and he was just having fun with Dan Patrick who he has a great relationship with. But at the end of the day, you step back now, take the wider lens and say, that's like a hugely controversial statement for somebody like Russell Wilson. For somebody else, you're like, ah, he's just playing it off. He's just having fun. But for a guy that's towed the line, I mean, I, I, 
the guy's more choreographed than a ballet dancer, right? So Jeez. when he says, it's true. So when he says something, he knows what he's doing. There's never a slip of the tongue. The guy's a brilliant guy. He's a great football player. And he knows what he's doing. So when he knows he's going on a national radio show and knows that every word he's going to say is going to be parsed, he knows exactly what the reaction is going to be. What exactly happens next? Let's bring in Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Jeremy, simple question we asked just before the break, so just help us understand this. His agent says he's not demanding a trade, yet there are four teams out there he would want to be traded to if it came to it. How do you reconcile those two statements? Well, as it's my understanding that he's had this shortlist for a while. He put a no-trade clause in his contract for this very reason, so that if there was ever a trade that was possible, he would have the power. And when it leaked out a few weeks ago that Seattle was receiving trade calls about Russell Wilson, and that even though they weren't interested in trading him and told teams no, that sort of opened the door. And so Russell said, well, hey, I'm going to take back that power and show you that, hey, look, there are only four teams that I would approve if it got to that. Now, let's be clear. I'm told... Seattle has no plans to trade him right now. They have given no indications of that, at least to Russell Wilson. He himself does not expect to be traded, but a lot of people around the league do eventually. They think that it, there's just been this growing tension for a few years now. Jeremy, they've actually tried to uh, – they float, you know, flirted and floated things out there over the last several years about trading him. So who knows what could potentially happen. Why did this thing go south so quick? Well, Keyshawn, part of it is Russell Wilson, and maybe this comes with the power of making more money, $30, $35 million a year, but he wanted more influence on the decision-making process with the offensive game plan, the offensive future outlook, particularly the offensive line. That's probably his biggest issue. You know, he looks at the track record of guys that they've drafted and players that have signed second contracts or their long-term. It's just not very good in Seattle, even though they've won a lot of games He feels like he's not adequately protected. He's made that very clear. He went public with that because he had already gone private with that and felt like he wasn't heard. And so this has been mounting, dating back to around November, where there was an issue where he did indeed storm out of a team meeting room. Now, they resolved it and felt like they were in a good spot, uh, but this has lingered. And Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, I'm told, have always had a very good relationship. And there's not huge hard feelings right now, but it's just – this is business, and Russell feels like he's not being heard. Put a percentage on it for me. Will he be the opening day starter for Seattle in 2021? I'm going to say 60% yes, maybe even a little higher. Um, you know, I talked to people in Seattle, multiple people who said, look, there's nothing going on. We are fully planning for him. I mean, they're drawing cut-ups for him in that new Rams-infused offense of what they want to show him. Uh, you know, they're working on a lot of different things. He was heavily involved in the hiring of Shane Waldron as the new offensive coordinator. He even interviewed him as part of the process. And so uh, I still expect them to come to their senses, realize they have a top probably three quarterback, and roll with them. $39 million cap hit that they'd have to be dealing with if they traded them worth of dead money. That lessens next year. I could see it more likely in 2022 if they don't win big now. Jeremy, Deshaun Watson has dug his heels into the sand. He does not want to be a Houston Texan. What is the best landing spot yeah. for him? 
Well, Jay, he's looking at that right now. I think he's been looking at that evolving list. He has a short list of teams. You know, I've heard of a few that he's at least intrigued by. Carolina Panthers is one I'm told that is at least on his radar because he knows they're going to be aggressive and pushing for him. Uh, It's close to his hometown of Gainesville, Georgia. It feels like they have some pieces that could make it work. Uh, The Denver Broncos are on his radar. And there are a few others. You know, 49ers I've heard a little bit of. I don't know if they can make it work as far as draft capital. Uh, And the New York Jets... Miami Dolphins can't be discounted because of the capital they have to make it work. I think Deshaun's plan right now is anywhere but Houston. I think he would approve a lot of trades just to get out of there because from what I'm told, he's willing to to dig in throughout. If it has to bleed into the preseason, regular season, he is at least loosely prepared to sit this out for the long haul. Wow. How about Big Ben? What will it take to bring him back next season? And is it going to be a one-year thing? Like, Is this going to be the last hurrah for Big Ben as a Pittsburgh Steeler? That's my, yeah, that's my expectation because he's got the one year left on the deal, $41 million cap it that they need to bring down. So what they can do is, is some accounting where they give him a dummy extension. So it's like three or four years, but they don't really count. Uh, this will be the last year on his deal. I'd be pretty surprised if they extended him in earnest uh, for 2022 or 23 for him to be the quarterback. I think they all recognize that it's time to try to build something long term, uh, but they still feel like he can get it done. So they want to give him one more year. And there's, there's a small chance they ask him to take a pay cut. I don't really expect that, but we'll see what happens. It'll be fascinating. There's just so many stories to talk about, whether it's Watson or Watt or Dak or Wilson. The or Wilson part, I'm still getting used to. I didn't think we were going to throw him into the mix, but apparently, as Adam Schefter said, get ready for an unprecedented NFL offseason. And if those guys all move, wow, look out. The NFL's 102nd season is going to be, as they say, 100. It's going to be. See, I can't really pull that off, but I try. Jeremy, thank you very much. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it, man. You got it. One of the NFL's best insiders, Jeremy Fowler. There you go. Yeah, so, I needed you, you to go. complete my sentence. There. Stick to things you. that fit you, Zubin. <laughs> yes. yeah, don't, don't, a yeah. for effort, Zubin, yeah, though. That's I like all right. it. A for effort. So here's, here's the interesting thing. Help me understand this inside <laughs> the mind of an athlete, right? And I understand Russell Wilson is, is just been one way, and we're always expecting him to say the right things. But when he went on a Zoom call not too long ago during the season, and he was talking about a variety of subjects, mm-hmm. um, he was asked if he was frustrated with the team. This is all in this athletic story that you can check out, and you know we have been able to forward with Adam Schefter with the four teams he's looking for. He simply said, I'm frustrated with getting hit too much. And as Jay said, he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback ball in away, the NFL. Man. <laughs> but is there a part of this where it's like, yeah, he's got a terrible offensive line, He's voicing his displeasure, and because he's never voiced his displeasure, people are taking this like it's some sort of crazy statement. He's simply stating facts. I have a terrible yeah, O-line, and I need some help, and I people are all a, over him for this. I don't have a problem with what he's saying at all. It's, it, his offensive line is bad. He holds the ball a long time, and they want to invest in the offensive line and make it better. There's nothing having input. Jeremy Fowler just told us he interviewed the offensive coordinator, they signed off on it. So they're giving him an opportunity to participate. There's nothing where all quarterbacks and star players should participate in some decisions on their teams. I have no issue with that at all. He's just showing a different side of Russell Wilson now than most people have been used to. That's all. He, and, and so people who are looking at it and saying, well, it must be Sierra getting in his way telling him things because that's his wife. And you know how that goes. You start to try to figure out. People are trying to figure out why are we seeing this different Russ? 
like GQ Russ. Russ, when he signed a new contract on social media, putting it out there, laying in the bed with chains around his neck. You know, it's like people are just trying to understand this Russell Wilson. It's a pretty big dichotomy, Key, between the Russell Wilson that he was before and who Russell is now. I'm okay with I Russell. I mean, people yeah. evolve, though, Jay, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm with it. Yeah. And I'm with, I'm, I'm with Russ being assertive. Can you, can you guys provide me some clarity on something, though, Zubin? Like, did anybody in Seattle say that they wanted to trade Russell Wilson? I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody has said that. But I'm, I'm sure that they have probably had a few phone calls behind closed doors. Of course, that uh, always happens. Uh, allegedly out in the world a couple years ago, they flirted with the idea of the Cleveland Browns in the first pick overall that went to Baker Mayfield, that they would trade Russell Wilson for that. I mean, so I'm sure that there's been things that's out there. Now, how the frustration will continue to grow in the organization and on his team is something to watch out for. Uh, what Russell Wilson doesn't want to do is alienate the people in the Pacific Northwest because he wants to be embraced, liked. He's done a lot of good in that particular region. So he doesn't want to do that. But at the same time, I think he, you know, he wants to get the attention that so many other quarterbacks are getting that's out there. One other thing to mention here, and this is something that's interesting because, you know, while rumors are flying, there's been some very good reputable reporting over the years that Wilson's presence in the locker room from time to time has caused some tension because of how tight he was with Pete Carroll. We're actually going to talk to one of the defensive studs because there's always an offensive-defensive divide, it seemed. Cliff Averill's going to join us in a couple hours. He was actually in the locker room, so he's going to go beyond speculation and really give us some insight. But there was speculation that said, look, when they went to that first Super Bowl and they were able to win it, they did it on the backs of the defense. And eventually, every one of those guys, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Michael yeah. Bennett, mm-hmm. they all started to go away because the organization had chosen Russell over them. So there's an expectation now. You give him the money. You give him the keys. Even though he says he's been held back, he wants to throw. Carroll has always said Seahawk football. He loves using the word Seahawk football. is all about running the ball and playing defense. Is there a part of this, though, that the Seahawks allowed him to have, I know he wants more voice in the organization, but they essentially said, you're the dude over all of these guys, over the entire Legion of Boom, and now some of this is coming to roost. They gave him all this power, and now he has to be held accountable for it. But see, I don't look at it that way. His time was due as the starting quarterback of a world championship team. And those guys are getting a little bit older and they decided to put more money into the quarterback and rebuild the defense, which now the defense has finally started to take shape. But when you think about Earl Thomas, you think about Cam Chancellor had a neck injury. He had to retire. Uh, Browner eventually was gone. Richard Sherman got a little bit older. He actually gotten hurt. So he got a little bit older and they didn't want to retain those sort of things. So I don't have a problem with Seattle saying that they wanted to pay the quarterback, but in paying the quarterback, sometimes you have to hit on other positions at certain parts in the draft. So that you don't have to go out there and spend big money and put your, your team, your organization in salary cap hill trying to acquire big-time talent. You got a hit on the draft picks, and they were missing on some guys on the offensive line, and so therefore they had to get uh, undrafted free agent types, bring them in in the offensive line. Then those guys develop, and people's teams see them and say, well, we're going to throw big money at them because right. Seattle can't pay them because they're in salary cap hell. 
Bobby Wagner, they had to pay Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. They, those are decisions that they had to make. So I don't have a problem with that, but they must understand how the players within that locker room, and mentioned Cliff Averill, he'll be able to tell us yeah. how they felt about Russell Wilson as a whole, the personality. What was he bringing to the table? You know, he's, was he standoffish? Did he treat his teammates a certain way? Like, where's that at? You got to have fun with your teammates. You can't be all business. You, you're not on the second level with the organization. You're on the floor with us in a locker room, and that's how you have to be. Well, Zubin, I do think you have a point to a degree because that relationship with Pete Carroll can alienate other players, and also I think that gives you some leverage sometimes when that relationship, there's not a divide that says, like, I am the coach, and at the end of the day I will listen to you, but you need to understand I'm going to make the decision that's in the best interest of the team. It's almost like Bill O'Brien and Larry Tunzel, because I did an interview with Larry Tunzel. He's like, yeah, I negotiated my own deal, but me and Bill O'Brien, we were great friends. And you're like, well, is that the best way to negotiate a deal? Like, do you become best friends with your players on the team that doesn't give you leverage in business? Yeah, you know, Jay, I've always had a great relationship with all my head coaches, front office people, as well as owners. Always. I don't care if it was Bill Parcells, Leon Hess, the late Leon Hess, or, or, or Jerry Jones, or, or the Glazer family, Tony Dungy. I've always had, but I also understood that I also had a great relationship with my teammates in the locker rooms. So I wasn't going to put the front office before my teammates. I wasn't going to do that. That just, you got to know that when you Russell Wilson, you dealing with them teammates because you're only on the assembly line for the organization. They can put you on, take you off. That thing goes like this. One comes on, one goes off. One comes on, one goes off. And at some point in time in his career, he's going to go off. He's not going to keep riding. That's fair. I would say uh, some widgets are more expensive than others, though, on the factory line for sure. Last thing, Russell Wilson sitting at the Super Bowl with Sierra, Roger Goodell. This is a small thing. I'm not saying this guy would turn the tide of your franchise. Just hear me out. But what's the one guy that, that Russell Wilson was publicly pining for? We need to get this guy, A.B., right? And then to sit there at Raymond James Stadium and to watch A.B. catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady because Brady went to management and said, we need A.B., and they got him, and he came up big in the Super Bowl. The fact that Russell was there and said, oh, I love him, we've got a great relationship, we can make something happen. Last thing from the piece, and this is uh, from The Athletic. Again, I would recommend you checking this out if you want great detail on it. Bottom line. Another coach told the writers, quote, there is a lot there, money, greed, power, and control. And that's what it's all about. That's why we're going to be talking about it until there is a resolution. Sounds like one of my ID network uh, (laughs) episodes there, Jay. Yeah. MSNBC. Key to life. (laughs) We'll see what ends up happening. But those four factors, whether it's television, sports, entertainment, when those four factors come together – it could be. They did. They did sign Flash Gordon, though. That's true. Josh Gordon. Yeah, they do. Yeah. He's got to be able to keep himself on the field. Though. Keyshawn mm-hmm. J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, they used to be one of the NBA's biggest laughing stocks. Now they're headed towards the playoffs. And their fans are not happy about it? What is that all about? That's after SportsCenter. Gonzaga continues to roll. Rolling over Santa Clara, 89-75, though. I was watching this a little bit last night. This was actually a game about halfway into the second half. Santa Clara tried to keep it 
close. It's the Zags' 20th straight win by double digits. Say it um, again, Zubin. 20th straight win by double digits. Think about that. Tied with the 71-72 UCLA squad for the longest streak ever by a team ranked number one in the Associated Press poll. Seth Greenberg, college basketball analyst, will be here in just about an hour. We'll get his thoughts on the Zags and a potentially interesting injury to one of the Big Ten's best players. From college basketball to the NBA, doubleheader tonight, Pacers Celtics, 7.30 Eastern. The Celtics are absolutely reeling. Danny Ainge came out and said the other day, we're playing terribly, and he's not sure what the answer is. He did say for his two big money guys, Tatum and Brown, we paid him the money. They're adjusting to both being alphas at this point. With that kind of money, you got to come through. Kemba's been banged up, all sorts of issues. And then on the back end, it'll be the Trailblazers and the Lakers. As you know, the Lakers are also in a little bit of a skid of their own. And Black History Always, Sunday, February 28th, this Sunday, will mark 33 years since the Jamaican bobsled team later immortalized in the film Cool Runnings debuted at the Winter Olympics in Calgary. This was a huge story at the time and obviously has withstood the test of time. At least one Jamaican men's sled team competed in every Olympics from 88 through 02. They went back a dozen years later in 14, and they did have one top 15 finish. Pretty amazing. I'm not sure they grew up bobsledding, but when it came time to do it, they were on the world's biggest stage. SportsCenter brought to you by Mako. with 2020 full of dings, dents, and scratches. Using your tax-refunded Mako can help refresh your ride with... Mako to undo a little bit of last year. Head to Mako.com to get free online estimate today. Uh Uh-oh, better get Mako. Good point, Shanae. It's hard to believe it because if you've been betting against the Knicks for the last 20 years, you've made a lot of money. But hang on a second. The Knicks are sitting here at 16 and 17. Julius Randle, some nights, is putting together stat lines that you almost have to take a double take at. Right, Jay? Zubin, this is such a New York thing that we're about to discuss right now. Only New Yorkers would do this to their own teams. Go ahead. Indeed. So fatalistic. Here's why. Michael Kay, the host of the Michael Kay Show, 98.7 ESPN (laughs) in New York, also the voice of the Yankees, been around the New York sports scene for decades. For the first time in years, the Knicks are showing signs of life. You can say whatever you want about Tibbs running guys into the ground, but he is making it run and work on 33rd and 7th. Here's Michael on his show yesterday saying, yes, we're moving in the right direction if you're a Knicks fan. But just hang on a second. I'm not knocking them. I'm not criticizing them. They're not good enough yet. That's what everybody has to realize. Don't fall in love and think that this team, once it matures for two or three years, is going to be Chateaubriand. It's not. It's not good enough. And it might be a killer <clears throat> hamburger and, and you know make the playoffs every year. It's not going to win a championship. Very meaty take there. What, what is Michael Chateaubriand? I don't know what that is. It's like a fancy steak generally served for fan, two, right? Fan, no, not necessarily. Sometimes, right, fan, with yeah, vegetables. It's, right? it's like a filet? It's, it's a like fancy a cute, steak. Right? Very No, it's, you can get it small. You, you don't small? have to okay, Yeah, it's okay. long. It's like kind of long. Get, why y'all asking me, though? I don't know, because you know. <laughs> Zoom been looking over here at me and said, fancy steak. It looks right at me. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute, man. Which usually got I'm three digits by it. I'm a T-bone guy. But, no, it's, it's you know, it's very... Soft, yeah. it's not a lot of fat, and it's good, Jay. Let's just yeah. put it that okay. way. It's the, well, large center, it's, it's the large center cut filet of the tenderloin. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's uh, the okay. large center cut filet yeah. of the tenderloin. There Indeed. you go. Indeed. Well, Michael K isn't wrong, but uh, look, I, I don't know what fans are realistically think, hey, this is going to be our team for the next 10 years. Like, this is not the answer to winning a championship. But, damn, it's the right foundation to start a championship-building process. Is Julius Randle going to be the key figure to, you know, 
winning a world title against the Lakers or the Clippers? I'm not sure, but he's one of the great pieces that you have that either can be a piece that can be used to trade for a superstar to come to New York, or he's part of the building block to add to a superstar coming to New York. Look, I understand that sometimes fans, like you get yourself into this whirlwind where you, you want to find out what's wrong, but there is nothing wrong with appreciating that the Knicks are finally in the position that they are going to make a playoff run. Like that, That's fine for what they are right now. It's not saying where you want to be in five years, but just be appreciative of where they are now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's good, though, right? They, they're winning some games, and they're making life better for the New Yorkers. I get it. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, I, they, 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 two years from now, three years from now, who knows what it can be? Right? They could trade out, move guys. They start to show that the organization is different. Then you could go out and attract big time free agents. Maybe if they were in this position a year ago or two years ago when KD and, and Kyrie were available, they would have landed them instead of the Brooklyn Nets, Jay. If they were in a position showing that the, the organization was headed in the right direction. And I think they've done a tremendous job in terms of building this sort of foundation uh, that they're on now, opposed to where they were at in the past. Look, man, a lot of things have changed. Like, this was a team that once had Dennis Smith Jr. That was one of their guys. He's now down in the G League. Austin Rivers wants to be a New York Nick. I think that helps Julius Randle's having a great year. R.J. Barrett's finding his way. You got Emmanuel quickly, a guy from Kentucky that is playing at an elite level, like loves guys like Lou Williams. Lou Williams sees him as a little brother. You have a lot of the right pieces to move forward. It's not the end product, but man, it's on its way to becoming a good product. And that's, that's a lot to be said about the Knicks that we haven't been saying for a long time. Yeah, Even if they make the playoffs and get bounced immediately and get swept, it's still a positive couple things here. We're also asking, based on this question that Michael K. posed, should you be okay feeling good about the Knicks if Knicks fans are getting ready for heartbreak? We're asking you this morning, which team is going to break your heart in the end? You love uh, them. You live and die with them, uh, but they'll break your heart in the end. Hit us up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z on Twitter. While you're there, let us know who the NFL's most untouchable quarterback would be if there is such a thing. Can the I dead- give you one Zubin? Go real ahead. Quick? Yeah. We talked about this, this segment yesterday, right? And a couple of guys on our staff um, are, are big yeah. Philly fans. And look, a year ago, I picked Philly to get to the world championship. I thought they were going to do it. Now, I have been watching a lot of tape of Ben Simmons, talk to his shooting coach, uh, you know, watch them shoot. Last year didn't pan out. Um, but this year it's looking like it was really good. So you're like, all right, is, is, is Philadelphia, or the 76ers, one of those teams? And then as soon as we say that, last night Tobias Harris goes out with a knee injury. And I'm like, oh, like, is this one of those setup years for Philly fans too? And I know every 76er fan is feeling it to a degree. You know, can Joel Embiid maintain his health the whole season? These are questions that you ask. It, I hope it doesn't happen because I want to see Joel Embiid and Philly be the team that we expect them to be at the end of the season. But, man, it makes me worry like hell about the 76ers. Let me add in one more Eastern Conference team on the break in your heart at the Deadman saying with Gar slash Pax going uh, out, that would be Gar Foreman, the Bulls general manager, and John Paxson who worked below him. With Gar Pax gone, I don't think it's as likely to happen, but it still worries me every time my notifications go off at Zach Levine, hashtag Chicago Bulls, referencing Uh. the Bulls only. All-star. Last word on the Knicks before we hit the break. The Knicks did make the playoffs in 2012-2013, but here's why 
I, with all due respect to Michael Kay, who I love, you got to be happy. Win totals since the Knicks' last playoff series for the season. 37, 17, 32, 31. This says 29, 17, and 21 last year. 21, obviously. We didn't play 82. So to have all of those win totals in the 20s and 30s for an entire 82-game season, they're one game under 500. On the way, best case, worst case for the Green Bay Packers. Is it as obvious as it seems? That's next. Jay Will. Keyshawn, Jay Will. I did it backwards. I did it before the Kendrick Perkins. Jay Will, Zubin, and Keyshawn. <laughs> On ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. John in Oklahoma, we got to run. But what you got? Jay, he's one of my favorite point guards watching college. Key, thanks. Man. Great, consistent career. Solid with my Cowboys. Luckily, it was safeties, not seagulls. When you went over the middle, or you wouldn't have got eight hundred <laughs> catches. Zubin, great personality, great job leading the show. More from Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin next. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Jen Ladder from ESPN Milwaukee, appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Today's best case, worst case is a team... That, in the best-case scenario, has been on the brink of the Super Bowl the last couple of years, but the worst-case scenario, when you're on the brink of the Super Bowl and can't get there, the heartache that follows. More on heartache and heartbreak coming up at the top of the hour. Jan, good morning, so let's just go brass tacks. Best-case scenario this offseason for the Green Bay Packers is? Best-case scenario, guys, is that Aaron Rodgers continues to build on his very successful 2020 MVP season. David Bakhtiari, their all-pro offensive lineman, returns ahead of schedule from that ACL injury, and the chemistry between Rodgers and all of his receivers just continues to take another step in the right direction, and they're hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the year, which a lot of people think is possible. But I also should add in there, guys, that the salary cap across the league goes up to, like, 
190 instead of the 180 plus that we've been hearing. That would be best case scenario for the Packers. Great point. Floor right now at 180. Last year it was 198.2 for a little context to realize how far it might go up. But that 198.2 is last year's figure clearly going to be lower than that. Worst case, speaking of low, worst case scenario for the Packers this offseason would be? The worst case scenario almost always for the Green Bay Packers would be a season-ending injury to Aaron Rodgers. He is the straw that stirs that drink there. He is the guy that makes it go. If he were to go out, you're relying on guys who are totally unproven. We don't even know what Jordan Love is as an NFL quarterback yet. That is worst case scenario. But I would also add this, guys. On the other side of the ball, new defensive coordinator Joe Barry doesn't have the best track record. And what if he ends up being worse than Mike Pettin, who is no longer with the team? A lot of people curious about how Joe Barry is going to work out. If he ends up being what his record has indicated, that would be a worst-case scenario defensively for the Pack. Wow. We'll dig into that in just one second. You should have seen Key's reaction when you mentioned that. So the the straw that stirs the drink, Mr. October, Aaron needs to be Mr. February. Jen, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All righty. Yeah, no, she, those two words. Joe B's track record hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was part of that 0-16 Lions oh. debacle as a defensive coordinator for the first time, but he didn't have any players. Mm-hmm. There were no Kenny Clarks on that side of the ball. So when you look at it, you say to yourself, ooh, track record. Or you look at Washington when he was the defensive coordinator uh, of the Washington football team when it was the Redskins in the past. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any players. Mm-hmm. So he goes to L.A. and he's underway, Phillips, and then the new uh, uh, the new defensive coordinator came in. He kind of was a linebacker coach and had some responsibilities. Now he goes to Green Bay to become the defensive coordinator. I bet he becomes a better mm-hmm. defensive coordinator with a better unit. You know, I'm uh, funny and, how that works. It, so, so <laughs> Keith, why bring him? Why if, if you're at a critical juncture of Aaron Rodgers after everything being a beautiful mystery last year? And I don't know Joe Barry the way you do. Why bring him on board at this critical juncture? Well, I think I think Matt Lafleur. Well, uh, again, it's who you know, right? Yeah. Matt Lafleur, uh, uh, Sean McVay, all those. They all work together with the Rams. They all work together in Washington, so they kind of know each other. And I think familiarity and understanding Joe's pedigree as far as his mind and his football IQ made Matt Lafleur say, "Okay, you know what." I'd rather deal with that because I think if Joe had the personnel around him, he could become a better defensive coordinator with some of the ideas that he has to make us a better unit. Plus, you know, you get fired when you put a guy on an island with seven seconds to go right before the half and they give up a quick six to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Scotty Miller. At that point, your faith is sealed, buddy. You might as well start packing your bag. Yeah, Mike Pettin's going to have a little tough time living that one down. Didn't exactly have an illustrious head coaching career, but then again, who does with the Cleveland Browns? Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Jay, two words that spark key Joe Barry. I'm just going to give you two words here. Jordan Love. I mean, this is not going away. I mean, it's is it ever going to go away? I mean, it's a decision that they decided to make. I, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Key said at the beginning of the year, is probably going to get an extension. I don't know how you don't. It's always there. It just hangs on. Well, yeah, the, in extension conversation, I came up with during the season as he continued to play, I could just see what was getting ready to happen. You could you see. see I'm, I'm giving you flowers. I'm giving you no, a no, lot no, of flowers I, today. I no, it's, it's good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I like red <laughs> roses. Um, So uh, – 
you can see it, though, because this is what teams do and organizations do. As they start to see a guy play, they like, you know, we got to address the financial situation because he's playing at the highest level. Now, that'll happen probably training camp or something like that. Jordan Love, it's okay. They drafted him. They could develop him. They can eventually move him if they choose that he's not going to work out long term. Somebody else, could show, him off, show him off doing training camp. Show him off doing the preseason. And two years from now, if he's not the guy, when Aaron Rodgers decides to retire, whatever the case is, trade him. Yeah, Pick I would another quarterback. That's okay. I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't espouse this theory, but there are so many people that believe in the LaFleur era that they've gotten to the brink of the Super Bowl twice. The regular season record has been great. They were the top overall seed this year, and it still just feels empty. Like, I don't feel that way. I think he's done an unbelievable job, but there are plenty oh, yeah. of fans that feel that it, way. It, it, it I, I know it doesn't it feel empty. Keys uh, and Dan Orlowski's text messaging going back and forth. Just bring Dan on the show. Heartbreak. You are next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.